Hi, and welcome to The Book Place. I'm Salem Buchanan. And I'm Mercy Case. We're two sisters talking all about books, reading, and what's bringing us joy right now. Each week, we'll talk about our current reads and then go in-depth on one bookish topic. Thanks so much for joining us. Let's get into it. Well, hi and welcome again to The Book Place. This is episode 10, Mercy. Can you believe it? No, actually. (laughs) (laughs) We've been doing this for 10, not straight weeks, but almost 10 weeks now. And we are pretty proud of ourselves. We are very (laughs) proud of ourselves. We just did it. And yeah, we hope you're enjoying it. (laughs) A friend told us the statistic that uh, there are like obviously hundreds of thousands of podcasts, but only like a quarter of them make it to 10 episodes or more. So we are now in the quarter. We're in the high quarter. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's great. We've made 10 episodes. We're loving it. Yep. We are going to keep going. Uh Uh-huh. And we hope you are enjoying it too. Yes. Last week, Mercy, we had our first guest on the show and Mercy interviewed Anastasia Lambert, which was so nice. I loved hearing that. Um, it was so nice. I heard it as you heard it because I didn't have time to listen during the week. So it was really cool and I loved hearing you. So thanks for that, Anastasia, if you're listening. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> also, I had to note that I also wanted to um, name my daughter Betsy, <laughs> but was also vetoed. So I got that in common with you. Um, anyway, if you missed that, it was a really good episode. So go go back and listen to episode nine. Um But we're going to talk today about our current reads, as per usual, and then we're going to uh, do our deep dive on hidden gems. Mm. So we'll discuss what a hidden gem is and a few of our hidden gems that we recommend that you may not have heard of before. Hopefully you haven't. Yes. And then we're going to talk about what's bringing us joy, as always. So, Merce, do you want to kick us off with your first current read? Yes. So, uh, my first current read is called... Big Summer by Jennifer Weiner. Oh. I think it's Weiner, not Weiner. <laughs> I am so sake. <laughs> I've never read any of her books, even though I know she's quite prolific. She's generally a like a romance author. But this book was um, billed to me as a mystery in the summer mm. reading guide that we talked about uh, in our bonus episode. Yep. Um, and so that it was very much, you know, a, a chiclet, but kind of on a, on the mystery side. So I was like, great, this is going to be awesome. And it follows uh, Daphne, who is a plus-size fashion, like, Instagram influencer, if you will. And there was quite quite the insight into how influencers work and how they get, like, money and, um, like, sponsors and all that kind of stuff, which I actually found really interesting. Like, yeah. did you know, well, I don't know if this is everyone, but for <laughs> one of hers, it is fiction, but I think it's based on real life, okay. um, that, like, if you are sponsored by a company to promote a product on Instagram, for say, you would get, like, 100 bucks per 10,000 followers that you have. Wow. So if you have 30,000 followers, you get 300 bucks for one photo with the product. Wow. Isn't that insane? That is insane. Yeah. So all this kind of stuff is in. And like a few other like little tidbits about, you know, um, Instagram culture and all that kind of stuff. Anyway, see, it is, isn't it? (laughs) Um, So Daphne is this um, girl who in high school had a best friend called Drew, who was quite a bit of a bit of a mean girl, but they were 
quite close and they've they had a falling out just after high school and she's sort of made her life into what she wants it to be and she's pretty successful and then this girl drew comes back into her life and asks her to be a bridesmaid at her wedding at cape cod um and she kind of just accepts kind of reluctantly because drew kind of messed her up the last time and they had a big falling out and so from there it's quite a it's a very much a beach read, I would say, because they're at Cape Cod and mm-hmm. it's very um, frothy mm-hmm. in one way. And then sort of halfway through, a murder happens and mm-hmm. it kind of does a quick... Whoa. Uh, yeah, a little pivot. <laughs> and and then the rest of it is kind of like a, a whodunit thing. So it was... Oh, like I, I went through it so quickly. I read it really quickly because I wanted to know what happens and I knew there was a murder coming and so I, I wanted to know. And then I wanted to know who did it. Um... But I think because I'd had it billed as a mystery, the first half was very much like chick lit. And so mm. I was like, where's the mystery coming in? Yeah. And so that was a bit like, not disappointing, because I feel bad saying that about someone's book. That was really good. Mm. But for me, it was probably just not meeting my expectations right. in that way. Yeah. Um, but in saying that, I read it super quick. It's like an ultimate beach read. Yeah. And... I maybe just expected the wrong genre for it. Okay. But I think most people have, that I've, I've seen have really liked it. Well, hopefully now people may know a little bit more about it. They won't be so misled, maybe? Yes, hopefully. So <laughs> no, not so many unmet expectations. Correct. Like, yeah. So romance with some mystery. Yeah. That's... Heavy on the romance. Cool. All right. Yeah. That sounds good. That was definitely on my list of wanting to read. Yeah. So and like it is made good. Me, you've made... You've, you've, continued that like it hasn't put me off good. I want to read it yeah. now you're just more informed that's right which is what we try and do here on the book list <laughs> so professional. Sal what was your first read okay I have a really like I really liked this book I'm excited <laughs> it's very fitting that today is our hidden gems episode because I actually think this is going to be a hidden gem um I hadn't heard of it for, until a few weeks ago, and after reading it, I want to recommend it to so many people, or everybody. <laughs> it tells the true story of a teenager called Pino Lella, who is an Italian um, boy living in Milan in 1943. So it's during the war. Um, he's sent to school in the mountains of Italy, which border Switzerland. And so he becomes, in the first half of the book, he becomes like a guide and takes Jews through the mountains, hiking over the border to Switzerland to safety. Um, He's like the age of 17, so he's very young, um, which is amazing. And then it just journals his life in those few years and just the incredible stories and places that he ends up. He ends up being a driver for like a high-up Nazi officer in Milan, who's like one of the main... um, people who works the Jews and um, in the internment camps and things like that. I found the history side of it mm. so fascinating. <laughs> For instance, like the whole fascist and Mussolini thing. Yeah. I've never really understood um, all that. Um, but, and, and that Italy was going through its own sort of civil war at the end of the World War. I don't know. Did you oh, know no, that? No, I didn't know that. Yes. Yeah, so there was like three groups, the Nazis the fascists who were the Italians who sided with the Nazis. Yeah. Um, but were they with Mussolini or the anti-Mussolini? They were with Mussolini. Okay, so yeah. he was the head of the fascist movement. Yeah. And then um, the partisans who were the Italians fighting against both of the other two. 
Um, so they had this like three-way war going on wow. at the end of the war, which I had no idea about. That's very ignorant of me, but I feel like much more educated after reading this book. Um, yeah, it tells you things that you didn't know that you wanted to know. Like I was just so, and it was all through the eyes of Pino and his, he went through some like really incredible survival things. Like it's amazing that he survives and he's still alive today. Really? He's 94 years old. And the guy who wrote the book, Mark, Mark T. Sullivan, I don't know if I said that before, um, he actually interviewed him, I think like 10 years ago, and wanted to write this book, but it's taken him that long to actually find out the ends of the story to all these characters. So he really wanted to wrap it up in the end and find out what happened, because I don't want to spoil it for anyone, but... <laughs> It was really like an intrigue at the end. Like there was a lot, there's some resistance sort of stuff going on and you're sort of working out who is in what camp. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was really good. If you start it, I listened to it on Audible. So it was good with the um, names of places and people. It's good to hear. I like that when you can hear that in their own language, in their own accent. Um, it was a good Audible uh, narration and... I just highly recommend it. It was quite, um, obviously it's wartime, but it's quite graphic. Okay. It feels like, you know, when books, I don't like that in books when it's just made up, but when it was real life, it feels like, okay. Yeah. If that makes sense. Yeah. Because <laughs> maybe the other feels a bit more gratuitous. I don't yes. Know. It's in there just to be in there. But, um, and it describes some things that actually happened to people, which are just horrible. Mm. Um, but oh, it was really good. I just recommend it so much. I want people to read it because I'm like, I don't know anyone who's even heard of this book. Actually, they are making a movie oh. um, with Tom Holland cast oh. as the lead character, Pino. Oh. And yeah, so I'm super keen to see it. I don't know how long the time yeah. frame for that is, but it's in the works apparently. Now I really want to read it. Yes. What's it called? Um, Beneath uh, Beneath a Scarlet Sky by Mark T. Sullivan. It was um, 2016. Mm. So it's a few years old and yeah. I have never heard of it. Anyway. That's a hidden gem if I've ever heard of oh, it. Oh, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> it also, like, I've never read anything based in Italy on the war. Yeah, that's true. Which is terrible of me. Because it had a massive involvement. Oh, yeah. And I didn't realise. Oh. I just, I could go on and on. I can hear it in but your I voice won't. that you want to. <laughs> <laughs> just read it. <laughs> it might start off a bit slow, but keep going. Yeah. Um, yeah. And it'll really draw you in. Excellent. So, yeah. Uh, yes. Awesome. Your second. My number. second one is called Sea Wife by Amity Gage. Great. And this is a based at sea, obviously. <laughs> what? It's like a, a dual narrative. So you start with um, Juliet who is married to Michael and um, it starts with her being in her closet reading Michael's captain's logbook from their year-long uh, sailing voyage around the Caribbean with their two kids. Oh. And for some reason, you know that Michael isn't there anymore. Okay. You don't know where he is, what's happened to him, why he's not with her. Yep. But it does this dual narrative between her recollection of what, what happened at that year at sea and Michael's logbook giving his side of the story. Mm -hmm. So it kind of goes back and forth. It's very interesting and very, um, it was very introspective, I would say. So because it's just from two people yep. uh, basically retelling 
a fairly isolated incident or journey. Um, it's very internal and what they were feeling and why they did the work, what they did. And um, there was a lot of stuff at sea. So they're at the Caribbean, uh, which was really nice to read. Like they go stay on this island that has like no one living there. They just dock their little boat and the kids just run around on the sand all day. La -di -da. And they, you know, they're all windswept and fabulous. <laughs> of course. <laughs> of course. Um, but then also mainly telling about like their marriage, which was not always a very good marriage. Um, and again, I had a semi-disappointing reading <laughs> oh, week. I know, because this was, again, this was billed to me as, yep. I heard it described as a harrowing sea voyage. Oh, no. When I hear that, <laughs> I think, like, sea, like shipwrecks, storms, <laughs> like... Adrift style things, yeah. you know, page turning, yeah, suspense. yeah, like yeah. I don't know, a pirate. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, gotta be a pirate. <laughs> it's gotta be a pirate, or like you know, things happening and yeah, you know, harrowing to me does not mean internal conflict. Yeah, yeah, it's a different kind of thing for me. <laughs> um, totally. So in that way, again, I had a bit of unmet expectations. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. Um, because I was really looking forward to this book and I was like, oh, this sea, like, adventure. I think yeah. that's what I wanted, a bit more adventure. Yeah. Um, in saying that, though, it was for people who like that really character-driven um, book over plot so much. Yeah. It's really, it would okay. be really good. Yeah, right. Um, and it did have some plot for sure. And you kind of are like, what happened? You are driven by, like, what happened yep. out there yep. that Michael is no longer there. Um, okay. Does it resolve? It does that? resolve. Yeah, okay. yeah, it does resolve, and like not like all at once. You sort yeah. of a, a drip fed a little bit, so you okay. kind of go, okay, now you know this, and yep. then you know a bit later, now you know that. Okay. Um, so it's not like all waiting. It wasn't up like to one big twist at the end. No, yeah. no, no, no. Um, and I think also that's what I kind of wanted. Yeah. Rather than, you I kind of felt that. like I could have picked from the beginning what happened. Okay. But I was like, nah, it can't be that. That's not harrowing. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then it was. <laughs> Hopefully you didn't give away too much. <laughs> I, I really feel like I'm underselling this book. It was okay. really good. And okay. I know a lot of people have loved it because it's okay. just a new release. Both of these are new releases this yeah. year. Um, and I felt like my books this week were very summer themed. And yeah. being in Australia, we are not really into <laughs> we're very the... very winter themed right now. We're not into the beach reads right now. No. So... It also tracks that my current read is called In the Bleak Midwinter, <laughs> which you'll hear more about next week. But I really that just is actually to... I'm just about to start. Oh, really? <laughs> Dang, we can't even do the same book next week. No, um, but yeah, so it was good. Sea Wife by Amity Gage. Okay, very interesting. I'd never read a book fully based at sea, so that was that was a nice little mm -hmm. twist and mm -hmm. new to me. But. Um, not harrowing, can I just, <laughs> just say. Character-driven, yeah. not harrowing. Definitely. Good to know. Yeah. <laughs> what was your second one, Sal? Okay, so this is a bit of a fun, fluffy, light read yep. called The Accidental Beauty Queen. Oh, I've heard of this. By Terry Wilson. And it is the story of two identical twins, one of whom is a beauty pageant contestant. She competes, like, in all-around America for these things. And... She suffers an allergic reaction the, like the day or two before she has to compete. 
And so her twin steps in and has to do it for her. Classic trope. <laughs> Why would she have shellfish two days before a movie pageant? <laughs> I ask you. I don't know um, if it was shellfish. That's total <laughs> just observation. Yeah. Have you read this? No. <laughs> um, it is. So the twins are Charlotte and Ginny. And Charlotte is the one that takes the place of her sister, the pageant. And she is just like, she hates pageants. She doesn't want to do it. She's only doing it to help out her twin. Um, so basically it's just like a rom-com in a book, which is like really fun to read. Yeah. And it was light. It resolved like how you want it to resolve. There's yeah. no surprises really, but it's lots of fun. It's like Miss Congeniality and The Parent Trap rolled into one. Oh, that sounds fun. Yeah, it's really fun. Um, you will like it. It's just light. Yeah. Mm. Basically, that's all I have to say about yeah. it. But it was just a really enjoyable read. Oh, so. that is. I think that's actually on my list. Sometimes you just need those. You do. Like and a, especially after the la last one, Beneath yeah. the Starlet Sky. Yeah. It was heavier. Yeah. Um, still very enjoyable. But yeah, this was a good like stepping stone. And now I feel like I'm in a bit of a slump. Because I was like, that was really fun. I want another fun one. Yeah. But um, yeah. I feel like I need a like something of my go-to genre. I need a really yeah. good like mystery or thriller or something because I feel like I've had a couple of duds. Yes, you need for me. just a solid, and I need a good like. When you you know you're gonna like that, yeah. I'm gonna love. Yeah. Maybe I'll maybe I'll look at Beneath the Scarlet Sky. Maybe who knows? Cool. Well, let's get into our discussion of the week. Mm. We're talking hidden gems. So, Merce, what do we mean? What do you mean by hidden gems? What do you class as a hidden gem? Mm. So, basically, like we said before, a hidden gem is something that is not well known, a book that's not well known, no one's really talking about. You see all those big, you know, New York Times bestsellers yeah. and all the big lists and even all the lists on Goodreads and stuff like that. Um, and they always, obviously, thousands of books are published every day, let alone every week. And so, mm. you know, there are always going to be books that are excellent, but just don't get out there for whatever reason. True. So uh, a hidden gem is something that you kind of, for us, or for me anyway, that I haven't necessarily been recommended. I've just kind of found it either at like the library or mm. the bookshop and I just looked, it just looked good or yep. I've taken a chance on it and I've found it to be excellent. And I'm like, no one's talking about this. Why not? Yeah. So to me, that's what a hidden gem yeah, is. Yeah, that's true. Something that you just don't know why people haven't read. Yeah. <laughs> like Beneath the Scarlet Sky. Totally. <laughs> it's definitely on my hidden gem list now. Yeah. <laughs> I'll stop talking about that. <laughs> <laughs> so do you have any for us that you have found to be hidden gems for yourself? I do. I also had another thought. Oh, yeah. That I wonder if because of this past few months of yeah. kind of crazy and yeah. black hole of normality. <laughs> that feels like it'll never end. Yeah. <laughs> Just want it to be over. <laughs> um, that the I think sometimes like the publication time or even year that books are published sometimes makes them a bit of a hidden gem because yeah. they get kind of lost in the noise or they might be, you know, a massive bestseller. So one book actually yeah. I hadn't thought about this and I, it's not on my list, but The Wondering Years by Knox McCoy. Oh yeah, is like. Uh, a, a, a non-fiction book that, by a podcaster. Anyway, he talks about re releasing his book on the day that Becoming by Michelle Obama came out. I was out. just going to say, <laughs> say for instance, like yeah. on a, like a Becoming or something yeah, that yeah. comes out and your book just gets totally forgotten. Yeah, but I there is no way he could compete day. against that. Yeah. Um, 
and like he's got a pretty decent following like he's a pretty um, yeah. big podcaster and and stuff like that but stuff like that makes uh, a hidden gem happen because something overshadows it so i wonder if yeah. the past few months of coronavirus mm. crazy yeah will mean that in a few years we'll find all these hidden gems of books that were released since you know february march mm. That we haven't really, that didn't really get a chance to shine because of everything else happening. Definitely. And I think I was reading something on that the other day about how a lot of publishers have pushed back mm. publication dates because of COVID. And now the ones that were already planned for like September, October, like release, um, have now got, there's so many in that mm. time frame. There's just not going to be possible to like, advertise and all that for all of them oh wow and they're priority they're prioritizing authors that are sort of the standout like the really bestseller ones mm. so there's going to be lots that fly under the radar yeah in the next in the coming months i think yeah between now and the end of the year yeah and even early into next year that will just not get the the validation that they mm. should because they've just sort of they've been a good book but not a really well known book or yeah. debut authors yeah. that like yeah that don't get there and sad time to shine yeah. which is sad because like the authors have put so much work in i, I know. feel sad for them yeah like just is. a sucky time yeah it is and there's um, nothing to be done <laughs> there's nothing to be done but try and find them yeah that's right and that makes me go oh, how am i gonna find the yeah that's gems? right oh, just have to look out <laughs> yeah and often i don't know if you find this sale but for my reading taste, often the books that are on those bestseller lists are not my favourite books. It's true. Yeah. Because there seems to be a a swing in the past few years towards very much more character-driven and... Yes. Um, what's the word? Like more like literature? Yeah. More, <laughs> said that weirdly, sorry. Literature! literature. <laughs> That's totally what we read. Um, literature. But very... Um, Sometimes it feels too smart for me. Yeah, I totally get what you mean. I'm not a dog. I just want to have a good time. Yeah, I read to enjoy myself. So I don't want to, I don't know. I don't know. know You know what I mean? I know what you mean. It's just, is a little too highbrow sometimes. Yes. For for my taste. And so a lot of those bestseller books, I'm like, like the two that I read this book this week Mm. are bestsellers at the moment. And they are like ones that everyone's talking about. And both kind of a bit of, like they're good. But they weren't great. Yeah. For me. Yep. So anyway, yeah. that's my little okay. spiel. Loved it. Good. But let's talk about yeah. some of our hidden gems. Sounds and good. And if you have heard of these, well done. <laughs> and if you haven't, hopefully we can add this to your to be read list. Uh-huh. Um and I'm gonna sneak in a little sneaky mention in here because I love it so much <laughs> and I can't not talk about it. <laughs> But for me, the ultimate hidden gem, and the reason I'm not talking about it is because I think I've already mentioned it at least once, (laughs) if not more, on the podcast, is called The Radium Girls by Kate Moore. I love this book so much. If you want to hear about it, go to episode one of the podcast, and I talk about it as being one of my top three favorites. Um, I just borrowed it from the library the other day because I saw it and I was like... I haven't read it on Mercy's recommendations, so I'm going to have to sneaky read that in. Yes. Um, So that one, no one... Like, I got it from a recommendation online, but no one I knew in real life had yeah. read it or heard about it, and I just wanted to tell everyone about it. So that's a little <laughs> sneaky mention. Great. Got it um, in there. <laughs> got it in there. <laughs> uh, but my first one is called The Orphan's Tale by Pam Jenoff. Um, oh, so yeah. this is like a... 
World War Two meets circus uh, water for elephants. Oh, that's, nice. that's what okay. I would say. Yeah. So it's um, yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's circus themed, and so it follows two two women. Noah, who is a kind of runaway young young girl who's gotten pregnant out of wedlock and has lost the baby and is now trying to work and f- make her own way through the world. And then Astrid, who is a trapeze artist in a traveling circus called Circus Newhoff. And uh, through a series of circumstances, Noah um, kind of semi-steals but rescues a uh, little Jewish baby from a train that was heading to a concentration camp and um, sort of adopts her as her own because she's lost her child. So then she runs away and joins this traveling circus, Newhoff, learns how to be a trapeze artist and sort of butts heads with Astrid who's quite a older a bit more domineering mm. I own the circus kind of character but in a really you kind of root for it at the same time yeah, kind of yeah. way um, so it's a really different take on a World War 2 book it is set in World War 2 I don't know if I mentioned that <laughs> I did no. say that. World oh, War Two meets oh, yeah. Water for Elephants. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, <laughs> getting sidetracked. And um, so the, the circus kind of stays for a while in, in some forest in France. Mm. And both the women, you sort of go through how their relationship blossoms or, d- or develops. Mm. Uh, it's quite a unique relationship, which I found really enjoyable actually to read about. And um, it's also near a German base i want to say base or camp Mm, yep and so there's a bit of across the line interaction which is very interesting and a lot of tension and uh, a lot of secrets and uh relationships it's probably a really good mix of character and plot i would say yeah um that was one that i just wanted to know the end of i totally co-sign that because i loved it yeah uh, Pam Genoff is definitely a hidden gem for me. Yeah. Just in general, her book, she has a few. Yeah. But, and The Lost Girls of Paris is another one that was also really good. Mm. I would say I like this one better. The yeah. Orphan's Tale. Orphan's Tale. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so that's that's one of my hidden gems. Yeah. What about you? What? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, my first one is Gift from the Sea by Anne Morrow Lindbergh. You may recognize this author because it's Anne Lindbergh of Charles Lindbergh fame, who is the famous aviator of the early, like, 30s. As in Aviator, the movie with Leonardo DiCaprio? No, that's um, Howard Hughes. Oh, well done. (laughs) Excellent aviation knowledge. (laughs) You know me, be prepared. (laughs) No, he's... I don't know. Have you never heard of Charles Lindbergh? I don't Lindbergh? think I have. Okay, well, Sorry. hopefully people have. <laughs> I'm not just wrapping He's a on. hidden gem also. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyway, they became even more famous because their son was kidnapped oh. when he was like 20 months old. Their firstborn son in 1932 oh. was kidnapped and killed. Oh. Um, yeah, awful. I know. It's really awful. But... Anyway, that's totally side to this, yeah. this story. I love a good background story. I know. We did, it actually makes a book even better to me because it's an essentially a short book of essays that she writes and is musing about um, like things like marriage and peace and contentment and solitude and stuff like that and parenting. She and her family, they had five kids, I think, that were living, like other than Charles Jr. And... Um, 
they went to holiday at the beach every year. So her this book is essentially her essays during her time at the beach. It's just a really short little book about I think it's about six or seven um, chapters, and each chapter is just related to one thing. It was just so I had to read it slowly. And I just really savoured it because it was just like one of those things that is just little, little, little bits that you could, little nuggets, that's <laughs> little tidbits <laughs> that I could just like, oh, wow, that's so poignant. And even though it was written in 1955, it still holds up really well in modern day. I just mm. loved it. Like she was probably ahead of her time in a lot of things. Yeah, right. In sort of like, she talks about like modern conveniences and things like that and simple lifestyle and mm. that sort of thing. I was just, I really, really enjoyed it. I felt like I read it fast and then I wanted to go back. I didn't, but mm. <laughs> I wanted to go back and just write down all the little little oh. quotes that she, I was like, wow, that really, it just had lots of those little standout quotes to yeah. be like, wow, I'm going to go read it again. Like, that's cool. like now, like <laughs> right now. Um, yeah. I love books that you feel like you can pull quotes from. Oh, like you just want to write down everything they say. Yeah. <laughs> Yes. Basically rewrite the book. In yeah. Place. I was just, and probably it was one of those ones that I read at the right time. Mm. I was feeling frazzled and overwhelmed. And she just like put into words. I'm like, wow, you know what I'm feeling. And you, like, yeah. And you like, and she dealt with it and like how, mm. yeah, it was just, it was just great. Loved That's it. awesome. Hidden Gem. Go read it if you have not heard of it. Cool. Gift from the Sea <laughs> by <laughs> Anne Lindbergh. Nice. Not Howard Hughes's wife. <laughs> Just Hidden Gem for everyone. This might be a little bit more well-known, but Hidden Gem for me in the sense that I hadn't heard of it. I found it at maybe Big W. Mm. And I actually think I thought it was another book. Oh, no. <laughs> called The Mothers. Because this is The Perfect Mother by oh, Amy yes. Malloy. Okay. Um, and I thought it was the book The Mothers. <laughs> which I had There was of. a lot of books coming out at the yeah, same time with that. About like mothers. mothers. <laughs> so in a way, this is a hidden gem to me. And you might not have heard of it, but I'm going to talk about it anyway. Great. So it follows a group called The May Mothers, who are a Brooklyn group of women who all had their babies in the same month. And so from their, I guess, anti-native classes, they all met and have formed this little group. It's all their first children. And every... I think once a week or twice a week, they go to a local park in Brooklyn with their little strollers and talk about the joys and trials of motherhood, mm -hmm. of new motherhood. Um, so it's kind of a, they're kind of upper middle class, I would say, or upper class. And then one fourth of July night, they decide to have a night out on the town and just be able to go out and do what they used to be able to do. And one of their babies in a nightmare turned reality situation goes missing while being babysat mm. which sounds horrific yeah <laughs> so it mainly follows uh four of the women uh winnie francie nell and colette mm. pretty impressed i remember that yeah um and there are other women in the group as well but it follows those four mainly and it is just really like chilling but addictive mm. yeah okay it's a more it's a more gritty version of like maybe some other domestic noir suspense kind of ones yeah and so it follows you know what happened on that night and these women who don't really know each other all that well are having to cover for each other because of other secrets they don't want to get out and oh. it's really interesting and like it was a little bit when it got to the end i was like a little it had an, a very small element of creep okay but not heaps yeah it was just really like what happened oh. and so it also follows because um 
it becomes a, a national news story, this missing baby. And so all the scrutiny that these mothers are kind of under for, you know, going out and yeah. when they're leaving their babies at home and just the, the um, pressure that is put on on mums and whatever they do so it was did you just, feel like it resolved in the end yes it was did. it a satisfactory ending? it was a very satisfactory ending. okay yes yep. do you I think would. i would like it i think you would actually okay, cool. i think you i think you would find the concept hard yes but um i think everyone should find yeah that concept hard. <laughs> pretty much trigger warning for you, everyone yeah but you have children i don't so you yeah. might find that a bit um, that's the one thing that held me back because i was like i like that concept yeah. i've read about it yeah um, but yeah, I'm not sure how I, I think deal you would. with that. Now that my kids are a bit older, maybe. Yeah. yeah. None of them are in the baby stage. So <laughs> that's right. I never, they... I never get babysitters. So. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You'd be like, can you take my baby for a few hours, please? <laughs> a bit longer is fine. No. Yeah. <laughs> Just overnight. Kidding. I love my kids, guys. That's like the second joke I've made about that. Oh, funny. Uh, okay. Dear. That sounds good. Yeah. So The Perfect Mother by Amy Malloy. Cool. It's a little hidden gem. All right. I got another one for you. Hit me with it. <laughs> The Artful Parent by Jean Van Tull. Not exactly sure if that's how you say her name, but I'm going with it. But you said it with confidence, I do. so I believe you. <laughs> so this is basically an art and craft book oh. <laughs> that I had heard about last year. Um, so she is like an art teacher and she has uh, kids. And I. it was just like this random book that's been out for years. And she talks about how... Um, art should be like something that kids can just come and go like that should be something they can just do um and she really took away for me but like I'm very I do not like to do art with my children it gets messy you have to clean it up after like two minutes and it doesn't feel worth it to me but it really changed my view on um art and how to do it with the kids um she has lots of she sort of explains in the first little bit of the book like her sort of her philosophy I suppose on art with kids and and then she goes through several chapters of various activities that you can do and most of the stuff is just stuff around the house that I would have you don't have to go out and buy like all these random like... all of riot <laughs> exactly <laughs> what you don't use those <laughs> little balls about something else <laughs> yeah so um, she has that. And then she also lists. I love a good list in oh, a book. We know Gosh, we love lists. We should do an episode on lists. <laughs> <We should. laughs> um, she has lists of like essential things you should have for like your art supply or something like that, which yeah. I just love. It's yeah. awesome. That is right in my wheelhouse. Yeah. Like, <laughs> you um, love a good organized art box, I, but yes. just not having to use it. Exactly. <laughs> it's got to be there. <laughs> For a rainy day. Exactly. Which never comes. No. Anyway, so it has inspired me and I actually do pull out the... I pull out the crafts and crafts much more than I used to. It has inspired me. And I do think that if you've got kids, <laughs> it's definitely worth picking up to have. Like, mm. you can get it from the library actually, so just go have a look and see yeah. if it's something you'd use. But I bought it and I'm so happy I did. It was really inspiring as well so that is the artful parent by jean vanterhole it's awesome yeah i almost want to read it i know well <laughs> yeah for my rainy days <laughs> with play-doh <laughs> just making cloud throw guys popsicle sticks out <laughs> oh dear well my last one mm. is uh one that i found at the library and just 
took a chance on, which like I said, is not like me. I am not a risk taker when it comes to finding books because I like a recommendation, which I think you were similar in sale. Yeah. Um, because guys, we, there's so many books. <laughs> so <laughs> many. So many books. So many books, so little time. Oh boy, the struggle. So <laughs> FOMO. <laughs> yeah, I do get actual FOMO. Totally. Which uh. is why I read the bestsellers that I then don't like. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's a whole other issue. I'm working <laughs> through it. Um, this one is called The Dressmaker by Kate Olcott. Now, this is not the one that was made into a movie a few years ago. With so Kate Winslet. With Kate Winslet. Not that one? And Liam Hemsworth. Oh. Not that one. Mm. This, I was going on a bit of a Titanic bender, <laughs> and I think I just Googled or looked at the library for anything that was Titanic related yep. a few years ago. <laughs> Um, because I tend to deep dive on well, why not, one hey? thing. When you're, when you're into something, you're into something. <laughs> so this is a, like, just a, um, I'd say it's just a romance fiction, but a bit of historical fiction mixed in, obviously. So it follows Tess Collins, who is a aspiring seamstress, and she gets to the, I can't remember now how, but she gets <laughs> to the dock where the Titanic is leaving. And Lady Lucille Duff Gordon, who is a real person, oh. um, Married to Lord Cosmo. <laughs> what a name. <laughs> what a name. Um, uh, you know, just about to board the Titanic for its maiden voyage. And I didn't know this, but Lady Duff Gordon was like a quite big fashion designer. Oh. And so being the aspiring seamstress, she kind of begs her way oh. onto being her lady's maid, <clears throat> excuse me, for this voyage and to get to New York and sort of try and make a way for herself as a designer and seamstress okay so the first half of the book is her sort of being in the titanic and then it goes through obviously the sinking yep no spoilers the titanic <laughs> sunk <laughs> pretty sure everybody knows that it sunk i just want to cover my bases um <laughs> if you didn't know that yeah where have you been you're literally over a hundred years behind <laughs> Anyway, so you climb out from that rock even <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. oh. Too many arts and crafts. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. We're getting very sidetracked. We are. Um, but so it, sort of halfway through, it comes to the end of the sinking. And it covers it sort of only in a few pages. Like, it's not the pivotal point. Yeah. Well, no, it is the pivotal point. It's not the it's not the uh, climax. That's what I'm trying to say. Point. <laughs> Second. <laughs> Second to last. Sorry. Um, and... Tess gets onto a lifeboat with the unsinkable Molly Brown. Oh, Obviously, yes. Tess yep. is fictional. Yep. The rest of the characters are, are based Unreal. on real people. Yeah. Um, and the Duff Gordons get onto the infamous lifeboat one, which set sail with only 12 people aboard oh. um, when they could carry 40. <sighs> so Guys, rude. I'll never get over it. <laughs> <laughs> the injustice. Yeah. Um, and then... It. Once they get to New York, then there's a whole other conflict. So um, Chanel is sort of on the rise as a fashion designer. So Lady Lucille is trying to keep her... She's a bit old-fashioned in her ways and kind of wants to keep the bustle happening. And Uh. um, metaphorically speaking, but also real. (laughs) (laughs) So she's trying to kind of keep her fashion empire at its prestige level. But all these other fashion designers coming through and there's kind of a new wave... You know, in that era, 1912 was very much on the cusp of um, just before World War One, and everything kind of changed for everyone. So um, fashion was changing and Tess is trying to find her way through this. And there's also a whole bunch of scrutiny from 
the press and the public after the Titanic sunk and what happened. And mm. there, you get the hint that there might have been something happening on Lifeboat One that no one wants to talk about. Ooh. And... Um, of course, being a bit of a romance novel, there's two men that she's trying to choose between. <laughs> <laughs> of course. Of so, course. Because um, you can't just have one. Yeah, that's right. That's too many. Uh, and you have to have that are both so different. Yeah. You know. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, that is The Dressmaker. And it was just a really yeah. nice... It's quite short. It's only maybe like 250 okay. pages. Yep. It's a little one. Mm-hmm. Um, but action-packed. Bit of a look back at Titanic, which yeah. I like. Yeah. And um, it does resolve. Okay. I think good. that's a general theme amongst yeah. books we like, so. <laughs> I, need, I need a resolution. We're not into the open-ended uh, choose-your-own-adventure. Can guarantee that will not score highly in my, no. <laughs> my book. Um, so, yeah, hopefully you can find that as, as a hidden gem yeah. as well, The Dressmaker by cool. Kate Alcott. Sounds good. Mm. Excellent. Well... What a good discussion we have had. I know. <laughs> um, now, last but not least, yes. what is bringing you joy? Oh. Well, <laughs> I said so to Salem, things. I have three things, but I'm limiting it to two. It's <laughs> <laughs> big of you. It's big of you. <laughs> I have to save something. One of these is very small. As usual, I have. I can't help myself. I always have two. I feel like I always have two. It's good to What's be grateful. It is. <laughs> so my first one is... I finally bought... I've never owned a dressing gown. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Changed your life. It has changed my life. Yeah. And so I bought a really fluffy, uh-huh. like, massively oversized one from yeah. Target. Yes. And I have just spent the last couple of nights in it. <laughs> Is Brad loving that? Yeah, no, not really. But it's so comfy. Yeah. It's like... Well, this morning... Okay, I'll give you an example. Yeah. This morning, I had to wake up really early for work, and it was... Like, it's still completely pitch black when mm, I get up and so almost depressing. pitch black when I leave the house. Yeah. So my uniform was downstairs in the dryer and just chucked on my little snuggly dressing gown, <laughs> made my way downstairs, packed my lunch. Oh, it felt so good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, this is what I've been missing. And you didn't want to leave it, did I you? I didn't. No, I didn't at all. It's waiting for me. Right at the door. <laughs> when you get home. <laughs> and then my second thing is that we have started getting um, HelloFresh, oh. which... This is not a sponsor. If HelloFresh, if you would like to sponsor us, <laughs> find us at thebookplace.com. <laughs> Free boxes for life. Um, but we've just started getting HelloFresh again, and it is amazing. We've had it, I think I've had it maybe twice before, but just a week at a time because yeah. I've got a free box. Yeah. And I forget how good it is. Yeah. And it has just changed my week. It's so nice. I've worked, like, obviously every day this week, and it's been so nice to just... Yeah. Not have to think about dinner. And you know that it's going to be healthy I know it's going to be delicious. Day. Oh, and they have been so delicious. Yeah. It really is fresh. Yeah. <laughs> like, it, whenever it I It really cooked, is. It doesn't lie. <laughs> no, but whenever I cooked it, I was like, man, I feel so healthy eating yeah. this. It because really it's really feels... just meat and veg. Yes. Yeah. But cooked in different ways. And, and delicious like... sauces. Yeah. Oh, man. The sauces. <laughs> the sauces are alive. <laughs> so, anyway... HelloFresh. And you get to keep the recipes. Yes, and you cook them. that is And cool. tonight, guys, my husband is using one of the cards <laughs> to cook for like, like a proper recipe for the first time in a very long time. Wow. Go so Brad. hopefully, go Brad. Yeah. He's going to do well. I'm sure and he will. He's got pictures to follow. It'll be great. <laughs> he's, got, he's got instructions and pictures. He's got instructions. What more do you need? 
I'll oh, feedback cool. next week. Yeah, let us know how that goes. <laughs> well, my uh, item that's bringing me yeah. joy is actually an experience. Oh, I love that. <laughs> Again. Mm-hmm. I had a lovely weekend at home to myself oh. this past weekend, and it was the bomb diggity. <laughs> I loved it. Jono took uh, my, the kids up to his parents on the yeah on the farm, and I just got to sit at home, do nothing. I slept in and read a book in bed oh. in the mornings. I watched Netflix. I went to the shops by myself. <laughs> it was like heavenly it was so nice go and eat breakfast out i went and ate breakfast out by myself which i felt a little bit guilty about because covid there's restrictions on tables and i took a whole one up to myself oh no don't feel guilty about that oh it was great and i got takeout watched movies like it was like everything that i wanted to do all (laughs) squished into two days it was really life-giving that's so good have you had a bit of like post weekend yeah definitely (laughs) it's been a tough week i tell you um yeah because yeah i made the most of it i'm on a bit of a detox now so i'm like oh it's a bit depressing remember that weekend yeah but i could eat whatever i wanted and i wasn't hungry Yeah, that was really good and it definitely brought me a lot of joy. Mm. I love my family. Again, I feel like I talk negatively about them a bit on the podcast. I do love them, but it was magic to have time to myself, especially being at home. Yeah. Like, if I'm away, if I'm alone, it's usually away with somebody or, you know, doing, yeah. But it was great to be at home. It was so good. And to give a background, Salem has four (laughs) children, the oldest of whom are twins who are, what, eight? They're eight. Yep. And then a six-year-old? Six-year-old and, and a, a three-year-old. And they are extroverted. They are. <laughs> three of the four of them are very extroverted, and you're very much an introvert. So props to you for lasting this long without a weekend. Thanks. No, it was great. But I very much enjoyed it. That's awesome. Well, I think we have gone very long today. We have. I know. It's been great. <laughs> but it's been a great chat. If you would like to connect with us... You can find us on thebookplace.pod. Great. <laughs> and, um, yeah, we'd love to hear your feedback. Please, if you love our podcast, go and leave us a review on Apple iTunes. Yes. It would really help our um, being able to be viewed by other people and pe- other people can find us a bit more easily. Yay! If you can hear that knocking, it is my son. <laughs> that, that three-year-old that of three-year-old. which we just spoke. And this is why Salem needed a weekend away because they are knocking on the locked bedroom door. We made it 45 minutes without that. All right. Well, have a great week, everybody. (laughs) Things are deteriorating rapidly. So have a lovely week. Thank you for listening. And thank you. Go to the bookplace.com. Thanks for listening. It's a very professional ending. See you later.